My girls love that show. What show? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't get the whole show movie distinction thing. I use those words interchangeably, and a lot of people don't. It's a TV show and a movie. I don't know. But you go to the picture show. You go to the show. <laughs> what is this, 1912? <laughs> Nobody goes to the picture show. <laughs> go to a movie. <laughs> did they used to call it that? Yes, they no. did. The picture show? When you were alive? I don't know. No. It's a no. show. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Nice intro. See what I did there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a clever segue. I've been practicing. Into this conversation. (laughs) I like it. It was smooth. What what, what about anger would you like to talk about today, Nick? (laughs) I think there's some uh, pretty big misconceptions about, I guess, anger generally, but especially the idea of anger management and like what to do when you're really angry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What kind of the the most helpful way to respond to that is that something you uh, does anger come up a lot in your work in therapy? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think um, yeah, definitely. And I'm almost. I think we've had this conversation before in the office that we're, we're almost surprised that there are no disorders that are kind of primarily anger-based because anger seems to be a really pernicious kind of problem. Yeah, there are literally no disorders about anger. You can't get a right. diagnosis. There's for... anger that are that is kind of mentioned as symptoms uh, right. sometimes of other disorders, but it seems like we do see a lot of people with kind of primary anger issues. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder mm-hmm. where that is. Well, it's kind of curious. Flawed theories of mind are my guess. Flawed theories of mind. That's why there are no diagnoses around anger? I don't know. Um, one of the things I see a lot of are, are people who really struggle with the idea that they, or, or with the concept of um, not being able to control other people sometimes. So mm-hmm. there's this real frustration that other people won't do what they want them to do. And, oh. and there's a lot of resulting anger that occurs from that. And mm-hmm. so you get a lot of partners of, of, of individuals like this who are kind of telling their partner, you have to oh, gotcha. dial in your anger. You have to get control of this. You got to go to therapy. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people come in with this kind of primary problem. Yeah. They're explosive and angry. And I see. Yeah. So the, 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 I think the first thing to talk about with, with anger and anger management is a distinction that I confuse all the time and I'm a psychologist, (laughs) but the emotion of anger is different than the expression of anger. And so in my head, I, the way I like to think about it is anger is actually very different than aggression. Mm -hmm. So when you are aggressive, that's when you are acting out of your anger. Gotcha. But anger itself is the emotion, Mm -hmm. right? So this is similar to like, uh, sadness and uh, listening to sad music are two different things, right? You, when you feel sad, you might like to listen to sad music, mm-hmm. right? Or m- you might like to cry on a friend's shoulder, but that's the expression of sadness. The emotion of sadness is something, it's just something you feel mm-hmm. internally. So, so having, being angry is different than expressing your anger. Yes. Gotcha. Now, uh, of course, like, the emotions often nudge us in certain directions behaviorally. Sure. sure. Right. When you're feeling really angry, it's a lot easier to be sarcastic um, 
than it is to be be thoughtful and you know conscientious in how you say something kind right yeah mm-hmm. when you're um, when you're really anxious it's easier to worry than to you know step back and take a perspective on things and uh-huh. so so, you, so certain emotions kind of draw us to express them in different ways yeah they just i, I just they just kind of like push us in certain mm-hmm. directions it doesn't mm-hmm. mean we have to go in those right. directions but we just sort of they nudge us sure in a certain and if we don't do anything else we're going to end up going in that direction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think this is really important with anger because i think a lot of people assume that like if you're angry you're going to end up doing something out of anger Right. If you're angry, you're going to hit somebody. If you're angry, you're going to say something cruel. If you're, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Because those are the behavioral tendencies that go with that emotion. Yes. Yeah. But I think on a really basic level, that's just important to distinguish. Those are different things. Sure. There are plenty of, everybody can acknowledge there are plenty of times in your life where you felt one thing Mm -hmm. and you ended up doing something that was not in alignment with that emotion. Mm -hmm. Right. So you felt you felt nervous about going on a first date, but you ended up doing it anyway. Right. Right. This is interesting because a lot of what we hear are um, people kind of reporting that their behavior is kind of subject to their emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, And you hear this kind of just out and about in our, in our society in general, where people kind of rationalize a behavior because of an emotion. Uh, Road rage is a a good example. It's like, well, he made me angry or he cut me off. So therefore I, Mm. you know, pulled my car over and we got in a fist fight in the middle of the yeah. street. So you're either blaming it on the thing, the other person or the emotion or your felt. emotion that made you kind of do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, which on some levels is understandable because yes, being angry does influence nudge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How you're going to behave. But it's, I think it's a big mistake to assume that it determines how you're going to behave or oh, what you're going to do. Definitely. There's a lot of room in between there. Yeah, Having an emotion doesn't justify behavior all the time right i mean yeah and, and yeah but but it's it's all a continuum i think that's parents who are really angry with their crying child you know can't justify shaking their child oh right because they're angry right, right? and it doesn't work our mm-hmm. ang- our anger or our emotions aren't justification for whatever no. behavior but ethically we only buy into that because we all agree you even no matter how strong it is you can control your behavior despite your emotions right if that wasn't possible, then no, you wouldn't be judged for acting on your emotion. Right. If you couldn't control it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we would say, yeah, shaking your baby, even if you're angry, that's bad. Well, almost it's bad any, because right. you can, can, you can exert control and you didn't. Yeah. Almost any crime could just be written off to an emotional right. frustration. Right. Right. Anyway, we, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I think that's super important. That, that distinction. I, and I think it's a distinction that's especially, um, not noticed in anger mm-hmm. in particular. I think mm-hmm. for maybe because anger is such a fast emotion, it just comes on really quickly for a lot of people. Right. That we we miss that. That there's a difference between feeling angry and acting aggressively as a result of that. Because it is easy to kind of just let it run with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think there are to me in my experience, there are three main ways that we end up acting on our anger. That we end up acting aggressively when we feel anger, there's so three, it's my three, you know, it's like my three point plan for anger. I like it. I like it. <laughs> three bullet points. So I think there's a uh, physical aggression. If you get angry, you punch someone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's verbal aggression. You say something nasty or sarcastic or aggressive. Whatever. So or whatever, yeah, so yeah. your speech, 
your behavior can be aggressive. Your speech can be aggressive. Um, but then the, the trickiest one I think is your thoughts can be aggressive. Mm. So, and the, the biggest place that this shows up in my experience is rumination. So someone, a coworker says something kind of flippant and nasty to rude. you in the hall, rude. Mm. Yeah. And you go back to your desk and you brood about it mm. for the next 20 minutes. You replay that incident over and over in your head and you think of all the things you should have said and why they're such a terrible person and how they, they'd be out of here in a flash if you were in charge of this place. And so you're, you're deliberately like storytelling and thinking about going over and over and over in a, and this sounds strange, but in kind of this aggressive, harsh way, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's, it's a thought, so it's, it's not obvious, but that, that is still a, an action that you have control over. Sure. Right? Sure. You, you Choosing to sit there and, and ruminate or right. brood mm-hmm. on something. Mm-hmm. Kind of keeps that anger going. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think of those three? Can you, is there something else I'm missing in terms of how people, categories of how people express their anger? No, I would, I would say that. I mean, that's pretty much everything. Physical actions, verbal reactions, and then kind of that cognitive maybe uh, Mental. maintaining behavior. Yeah, where you're just really kind of fomenting in that. Yeah. Anger stew. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think the, the important, this distinction is really important because when you say anger management, what that implies is you should manage the emotion of anger. Like you should do something about mm. the emotion rather than the expression of it. Yes. Nice. And the, yeah. the trick is you can't control the emotion, right? Nobody has direct control over their emotions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can control what you do, what you say and how you think. Sure right? The trouble is most of these expressions of anger, like hitting someone, right? Acting out your anger physically, speaking in an angry or abusive or aggressive way, Mm -hmm. or even ruminating to yourself in an aggressive way. Those things tend to perpetuate anger, not actually lower it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, is that, is that in, inside of that, you know, flashpoint or whatever, it feels good. Hmm. To, to yell at someone, to strike out at someone. I mean, anger kind of is just really interesting justifying emotion for a lot of yeah external acts. That's yeah. a subtle point, I think, that I, I think a lot of people don't um, maybe haven't thought through that. We, we tend to think of anger as a negative emotion, mm-hmm. maybe because it tends to lead to a lot of negative outcomes. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're saying it's actually positive in the sense that it feels good to feel angry. At times, yeah, well, it was interesting. A client and I were talking the other day about anger, and um, we kind of pointed out the fact that when you're angry, it feels right. But watching someone <laughs> melt down always just seems like, whoa, what is yeah. going on? But when you're angry, it just feels like you're in the zone. Right. Like, I'm totally entitled and justified in doing mm-hmm. this. Um, but I, I bet almost to everybody watching, they're yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. Because when when you're angry, it's it almost always boils down to someone else or something else is wrong. I know it's wrong and I'm right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, it should not be this way. They should be acting like this, not that. Right. I'm right. They're wrong. So when, when you, anger is, a, is very critical and judgmental. And the, the, the thing about that is when you are critical of someone else, what's implicit in that is I'm right. Mm-hmm. You're wrong, but I'm better. I know it. Right. Right. So it's this kind of ego inflating, ego boosting activity and emotion. 
which is interesting because I'm sure there have been moments where people are are right, right? Yeah. They are correct, sure. and, and they're upset. And then what you're saying is, well, then it's important that you're expressing the anger in a functional way, then, mm-hmm. because if you are, even if you are justified in being angry, yeah, then the expression is going to matter, right? And it's not, it's not that that anger is bad or even that being aggressive is that acting on your anger is bad. I think there are times where you getting angry and and then acting on your anger aggressively is appropriate, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? That we have this term righteous anger, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Which is when, when something is wrong and you feel, I mean, anytime you read about or see some kind of, you know, atrocity or something terrible happening on the news or something, Mm -hmm. a lot of us feel angry. Right. And to some extent that, that's a good thing. It, it motivates us to change things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that are, that we believe are wrong. And that's, that's a good point about anger. It is motivating. Yeah. It's just, oh, yeah. it's just watching how that anger is motivating. Mm-hmm. You that would be important. Right. Um, so I think to kind of sum up this, this first point about the distinction between um, anger and aggression is that you should actually don't try and manage your anger. Cause that's, that's a lost cause. Right. Manage your aggression. Manage your what you do mm-hmm. when you feel angry. Manage your decisions around anger. Right. Your speech, your behavior, your patterns of thinking. Right. Yeah. So really, it's kind of a misnomer. It should be aggression management. <laughs> right. Should be the yeah. phrase because that's entirely a behavioral thing that you have control over. Yes. Not the emotional right. experience. And yeah. I th- I think actually a lot of people would be even a lot of people who struggle a lot with anger, they would be really surprised at how quickly anger subsides if you don't do these things that perpetuate it, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. ruminating and brooding or, yeah. or acting and, and speaking aggressively, mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. things, they, they, they warp our view of anger into the thinking. It's this thing that just lasts forever. Mm. But the hard thing to see is it only lasts that long because we do these things that counterintuitively perpetuate it. Right. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, but it's, again, it's counterintuitive. We think that by like, processing over what just happened will make it better or that I just need to let my anger out. Right. And then it'll, right. it'll go away. This is the, it's called the cathartic belief of, of anger. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. need to somehow let it out. Yeah. You hear this a lot. Yeah. You've got to let off some steam. Super popular. You've got to get that out. You've got to express that. You've got to, right. Totally debunked by modern science. Right. It is not, in fact, it makes it worse. Yeah. It really does. And so the, the thing to do with, you can't directly control that anger. So the best thing you can do is just let it run its course. Mm-hmm. Let it be what it is. Which often is a surprisingly quick course if you're not exacerbating it. Well, and, and that seems almost obvious or should be obvious to everyone. I mean, everybody has really gotten upset and then later felt immediately guilty for how they mm. behaved, right? There's, I mean, not every time we get angry, but if if we've expressed that anger in an unhealthy way, it's not uncommon to five seconds later go from complete rage to complete guilt and, right. and sadness. Yeah. Right, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's something to to know about. All emotions are they're transient and temporary, and you can yeah. usually outlast just about anything. And they're probably a lot faster to resolve than than we typically think. Right. Just because our out. our reaction tends to perpetuate them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, so I think that's I think that's really important about aggression versus anger. Yeah. Think if you're going to manage something, manage your aggression, manage mm-hmm. what you do, not not how you feel because right. you can't. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know the other interesting fact in in when, when we have clients with anger uh, issues, 
it, it seems like there's always people in their lives that are being impacted by this anger and they realize that. Mm. The interesting thing about the maintaining ang- anger sometimes is that the other people that are involved don't really have boundaries around that mm. sometimes. What do you mean? Give me an example. Well, I've got a few clients who struggle with anger and, and their partners um, kind of tolerate a lot of outbursts. Oh. And as soon as we kind of have partnered with their partner in therapy to not tolerate that anymore, mm-hmm. surprisingly how fast it goes away sometimes, how, how the overt expressions mm. of anger can go away. But um, so, so it leads me to believe that in some cases um, anger is maintained sometimes because it's accepted in a relationship or it's accepted oh, yeah. in a situation mm-hmm. and that, that really helping the, the partner decide to put some boundaries around that is really effective as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. The, the kind of your your environment, especially your social environment, yeah, can I, matter a lot for I, that. I work with with a few clients and, 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 and you develop a really good relationship and sometimes you're able to say, you know, the best thing for you in this situation would be if your wife wouldn't tolerate this, mm. you know, or your your boyfriend or your partner or whatever uh, the situation is. But sometimes there's there's someone there kind of really tolerating a lot of, mm-hmm. of anger, yeah. uh, expressions of anger. Yeah. Sometimes. What, yeah, I think that's I think that's totally right on. Um, what do you buy, switching gears a little bit, have you ever heard this term, this idea that anger is a secondary emotion? Mm-hmm. I have heard what, that. What does that mean to you? What's the idea there? Um, well, the, the, the theory, I think, as far as I know, it says that anger um, as a primary emotion is, is kind of a rare occasion when someone is thwarting a goal of yours and that usually we feel anger after we've originally felt either hurt, scared, or sad. Mm. And so we, we feel one of those emotions. We, we don't like how that feels at all, and then we end up externalizing it and kind of putting it on someone else. So an example, the classic example of this is your, your four-year-old runs out in the middle of the street. You run <laughs> after him and scoop him up, and then you get him back to the sidewalk, and you're screaming at him as soon as you put mm. him down. And the, the point there is, sure, you're angry in this moment, but originally you were terrified. Huh. And grabbed your kid and it's Uh so awful to be terrified, you know, about your child's life and safety that you externalize it and you start yelling, you don't ever do that again. Yeah. So what what does that mean exactly that you externalize that that initial fear gets externalized as anger? Like what does that break that down a little bit? Well, I I think being afraid, that's a very, that's you. Uh Your fear is what you're holding on to there. And it's awful to feel. Right. So we can turn that into anger and kind of project it onto this child or whatever. Mm. And we, we feel better that way. It's way easier to be angry than it is to be terrified. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and especially because like we talked about before, anger is actually has a very strong positive, like pleasurable Mm -hmm. component because it's, it's inflating. Well, there's, some, right. there's so much justification. My child ran out in the street. He needs yeah. to learn that he can't do that, so I'm going to scream right. at him. And yeah, But it's not hard to imagine how almost all of us would rather feel angry than terrified sure. or sad, right? Or hurt, hurt, mm-hmm. ashamed. Yeah. Right? There's Embarrassed all, even. Yep. Yeah. So that there's that kind of quick substitution of, I don't want to feel that. So I'll... And this is where I'm a little unclear is... Do how does that happen exactly? How does how does anger end up co- covering over this other and distracting us from this other emotion? Is it that we we change our behavior real quickly, and then that leads to this new that quickly leads to this new emotion, or are we 
we put a new spin on it. We kind of tell a different story and that leads to quickly leads to the anger coming up and sort of overpowering the, the first emotion. Hmm. Well, you know, I don't know the pathway there, the mechanism there, but I mean, it, all those make sense, right? When you, when you scoop your kid up from the, the street, I mean, mm-hmm. he's no longer in danger and you know but, that. But when you first see your kid run into the, in the street, you're, you're some thought around, Oh my God, they're going to get hit by a car. is the first right. one to come up. Right. right? And, and that's, that's going to lead to fear. Right. Right. And then once you've grabbed them and they're safe, I think you're still super aroused at that point. Sure. Physiologically and and emotionally. Um, And so maybe that arousal translate. I don't know. But it's it's not like people decide, ooh, I'm feeling afraid and I don't want to feel afraid anymore. So I'm going to get mad at my kid and that'll feel better. (laughs) Like that's not a conscious. If we were that good at managing our emotions. Um, but I think that's important. People aren't doing this. We don't do this intentionally. Right, right. It's, it's, it's more of this habitual kind of semi-conscious thing. That's a good way to put this, I think. If you're struggling with your expression of anger, if you've got an aggression problem, we'll mm-hmm. call it, um, the trick is then to really establish other habits to responding to that emotion rather than just going with the default nudge that you get mm-hmm. from the emotion. Yeah. So the habit of how you respond mm-hmm. is important. And also, I mean, if if a lot of our anger is really functioning to kind of cover up a more painful emotion, mm-hmm. in other you, and the way you could look at this is it's not intentional necessarily, but we're using anger to feel less bad. To soothe almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a corollary of that would be if, you, if your tolerance for other painful emotions went up, if you were more capable mm-hmm. and okay with feeling sad or feeling afraid or feeling ashamed, you wouldn't need anger as much. Right. You wouldn't need that function of anger as much. To self-soothe in a yeah. way. Because it it's way more soothing to feel justifiably angry at someone than it is to be hurt by yeah. someone. Or even just distracting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But if you, this is a weird way to think about working on your aggression problem and not having so much anger in your life is to identify and get better at dealing with other like fear mm-hmm. or sadness mm-hmm. or loneliness or shame or whatever is coming up. Kind sort of, of a, increase your tolerance for those emotions. Yeah. So that you're not reverting to anger to kind of soothe uh-huh. those emotions. Hmm. I like that idea. Maybe. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I don't think that's a novel idea. I think that's. No. No. I mean, I'm, I'm, this whole thing with anger being a secondary emotion, I mean, I think that's a pretty strong implication yes, of that definitely, idea. Definitely. Right. So but I didn't, I, I've never thought about the angle of like in, increasing your tolerance of frustration. Well, I guess that makes sense. Well, I, I find a, a lot of my, I deal mostly with, um, I work with people with anxiety mm-hmm. and, and a, it's, it's common that people with anxiety have a lot of, not necessarily like rageful anger, but a lot of kind of pent up frustration and, and yeah. anger and resentment. Yeah. And that, that's often something they, find really distressing. Um, and what I have found is the, the best way to work on that is just to work on the anxiety. <laughs> mm. Like as they get better at managing their anxiety and their other difficult emotions, the anger tends to resolve itself. Yeah. I guess I, from a cognitive approach, you might say um, working on your ability to tolerate your expectations not being met. Mm. Right? Because mm-hmm. that's usually kind of uh, what results when we, when we find a lot of anger is your, your expectations have been violated somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, Things should be this way, but and so really not. getting better at understanding that rarely are your expectations can be met. Um, maybe that'll help. Maybe that would help definitely too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
getting better at being disappointed. Yeah. Expectation management. Yeah, there you go. Aggression. (laughs) Manage your your aggression, manage your expectations, leave your anger alone. We're on to something. Trademark. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.